This is Fan POV Podcast. Welcome back, folks, to Fan POV. Always appreciate the listening, the listens, and the follows. I'm your morning ho- shift host, Jake Skeens. With me, as always, is my guy and fan favorite, Doug Finch, aka Dougie Fresh. Doug, how are we doing today, my man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Just ready to deep dive into this week six slate of games. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, today we are going to look for, towards, like Doug had mentioned, the week six slate of games. Give our locks of the week, which uh, not to toot our own horn, but uh, Doug and I are on a nice little four and no streak between the two of us in the last two weeks. Uh, you know, give a little props to ourselves there, Doug. You know what I mean? Feels good, man. Feels good. Yeah, we had a little rough start there after week one, so it's, it's nice to be back on there. What, what did you mention earlier? Is uh, six and four all together? Yeah, six and four through uh, five weeks. I feel like we're in a nice spot, something nice to build on. Let's get to eight and four, man, and I'll really be feeling good. Absolutely, especially because the numbers are starting to make a little bit more sense now. So yeah, for sure. As far as far as the yeah information, and everything coming in. As always, if you're an avid listener, you know we like to start our headline with the headlines and news of the week. First and foremost, and a long time coming, in my opinion, the firing of Dan Quinn as the Atlanta head coach. Uh, they also got GM Thomas Dimitrov in that one, too. So, Doug, what do you think about that? Man, I mean, let's be real. This is a long time coming, dude. We talked about it many times on the pod. A defensive-minded head coach whose offense is, is putting up 30 points a week, and you guys are 0-5. Something's obviously wrong. I was never a fan of Dan Quinn from the beginning. I think that that year they went to the Super Bowl was more had more to do with the fact that Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator than it did with Dan Quinn as the head coach. I think we can both agree on that. They haven't looked the same since then. I mean, the offense is still clicking, but sometimes leadership in the clubhouse just matters. Uh, that's all that really needs to be said on that. I think we all can agree that this is a long time coming. Yeah, especially in the in the uh, way they've been losing their games too. You know, giving up that lead to Dallas, giving the lead to Chicago. I mean, really, if you look at it, at some point they could have actually been a what a three and one, four and one team if they would have just. It just seems like they just keep blowing the leads. But yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yes, sorry for Dimitrov for getting uh, the heave with that one too. But uh, Raheem Morris will take over as the interim coach. He used to coach Tampa Bay way back in the day. We'll see how that works out. But, you know, there's no secret that they're looking for uh, for a new, a new head coach after yeah. this season. Yeah, for sure. A real quick before we move off this topic, I have a question for you. So say they keep losing, right, and somehow they do find themselves as the number one overall pick. Do you think they start over and go out and grab Trevor Lawrence, or do you think they look to shore up that team in a different spot? trade back i don't know whatever it may be do you think that this is a team that would draft trevor lawrence if given the chance i don't think it's crazy uh our counterparts kevin and mike kind of touched on this in the last episode they just did with the week five breakdown uh kevin threw out a crazy idea i won't even say crazy i kind of liked it he he mentioned that maybe matt ryan gets out of there they start fresh like you said i think it has a lot to do with who they bring as the head coach though you know obviously matt ryan has seen uh better days he's not exactly a spring chicken anymore you know, and Kevin had mentioned too something about him going to maybe San Francisco because obviously Jimmy Garoppolo is not working out there. It would not surprise me one bit. I mean, they still got a great offensive line. They're all first round picks on the offensive line. They still have the weapons. I know Julio is also getting up there in age, but even with Kelvin Ridley and um, and Gage, you know, they could build off something. I feel like so right. it would not it wouldn't surprise me one bit. I just wonder what your thoughts were. I don't I don't know exactly what I what I think is going to happen there. But I will say this. If you guys haven't, go back and give our counterparts a listen, man. Mike and Kev did a wonderful job this week breaking, recapping the week five games. They threw out some kind of wonky theories that when you really thought about it made sense, man. I I really liked what they did this week. If you guys aren't giving them a listen, make sure you are. Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember listening to today myself and thinking like, well, it's not too far-fetched what they're saying right now. For sure, Uh, for sure. Another topic they our our counterparts did touch on, and probably the biggest news of the week, I would say, is the obvious uh, falling of Dak Prescott for my my beloved Cowboys and that horrific injury that he had. I mean, they re-showed that on uh, the replay, and it was one of those Gordon Hayward. Yeah, exactly. You've seen him one time, and they're you know the broadcast is like, yeah, we can't show that at one again. So, you know, thoughts and prayers for Dak. Um, Moving forward, you know, Andy Dalton comes in. Uh, personally, you know, this might be biased, maybe not. 
I, I think you do a lot worse than Andy Dalton's uh, a backup QB as far as coming in and trying to take over the reins. I'm personally not super upset about it. You know, I think that him being in Cincinnati, you know, he'd been to the playoffs four years in a row. And you look at the wide receiver core he had in Cincinnati in his heyday. You know, he had A.J. Green, Muhammad Sanu, and Marvin Jones. You know, you look at our what we have in Dallas. I mean, it's pretty similar. You know, obviously with Zeke as a running back, I think it's a little bit of an upgrade. But at the end of the day, it's almost like how much can he do with that offensive line? What are you thinking about uh, Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle himself? Do you think he can do something with us? I mean, first and foremost, yeah, prayers go out to Dak Prescott. What an unfortunate situation. The guy was balling out this year. Regardless of the record of the Cowboys, it was at no fault of him. He was going nuts. Now, to the topic of Andy Dalton, um, yeah, you definitely could do much worse. I mean, I would go as far to say he's probably the best backup in the league. I, I can't think of off the top of my head a better backup. I mean, he just started last year. He's played on decent teams. He's never, ever had a team that's had firepower like this team. So I'm kind of interested to see what direction this team goes in. Personally, if I was the Cowboys, and I know they probably don't want to do this with the weapons they have on the outside, but to keep that defense off the field, man, they got to get Zeke going. I know, like, they they get – I mean, they get Zeke the ball a decent amount, but he needs to go from a 20-touch-a-week guy to a 30-touch-a-week guy just to really slow the game down, open up the play action, keep the defense off the field. Like, I feel, I feel like that's the recipe for success for this team just because of how bad the defense has been. But, I mean, we'll see how stubborn McCarthy is and in in if he'll let Kellen Moore keep calling plays. I don't know. I, I guess – I'm very interested to see where, where this team goes now without Dak Prescott. Yeah, I think you mentioned it too, especially with Mike McCarthy. He's not exactly known as a, a running style uh, head coach. You know, even though Kellen Moore is uh, calling the plays right now, I don't think he ever utilized any kind of running back in Green Bay. You know, granted, he you know had Eddie Lacy, who was you know 400 pounds overweight, but he also has never had a Zeke to work with but i heard that the right. cowboys were thinking of uh bringing a lacy and to back up tyron smith outstanding i mean he probably could by this point i'm i imagine he's probably the size of a left tackle yeah and they could. were thinking about bringing calvin benjamin to put on the right on the right side of the line <laughs> we need a biggest loser uh competition with the some of these ex uh, nfl players because yeah, i know marcus russell would be first in line for that one geez the fat jokes just keep coming all right Back on topic, my bad. <laughs> Back on topic. So, some other quick news: Cam Newton comes back this week. He got a uh, he got cleared from the COVID. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot you got to touch on that. I feel like there's a little bit of uh, Bill Belichick, emperor of the uh, you know the dynasty that had something to do with that. But you know, I digress. Yeah, it'll, it'll be nice to see him back on the field, though. That team is definitely a different team without him. So it'll be fun to. Oh. Back to business for Cam. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen what happened when he wasn't in, when Brian Horror came in and basically poo-pooed, yeah, poo-pooed that game away with Kansas City. But So on to the Week 6 games. So we don't have a Thursday night game this week due to all the uh, crazy scheduling and all, the, all that good stuff. So 1 o'clock game starting on Sunday. Chicago is at Carolina. Carolina is a one and a half point favor. Doug, I know you want to touch on this. Let's let's get into it. All right, man. I mean, usually you save the best for last, but we're going to go ahead and make this my lock of the week. Earlier in the week, I was hitting you up about this game saying like, man, I can't believe the Bears are two and a half point favorites. That's what they were. That's what they opened as. And I was like, man, that just doesn't seem right to me. A Carolina team that's clearly overachieving. Teddy Bridgewater had a big week last week. I think that is kind of that's kind of built into the public narrative when it comes to this game. Nick Foles has been playing bad. Teddy Bridgewater has been playing well. Therefore, the the Bears are not favored. But let's be real this Chicago's Bear this Chicago Bear defense is as legit as they come. I mean, I I'm surprised at what they've done so far this year. They're number six against the pass and DVOA, number seventeen against the rush, number five overall DVOA defense. I mean. It doesn't get much better than this. We just watched this team shut down Tom Brady and the Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football, only allowing 19 points. I don't see the Carolina Panthers putting up much more than that. I mean, let's be real. Carolina's definitely been overachieving, but there's no way they're better than the Buccaneers. I like the Chicago Bears plus one and a half. Lock it in. 
get it while you can. Cause I have a feeling come Sunday morning, the bears are either going to be a pick them or honestly, they might even be the favorites come Sunday morning, the way this line's moving. Yeah. It's very possible. Like you said, it's already moved from minus three all the way down to one and a half. And we're not even up, up to Sunday yet. Usually exactly. when the biggest line moves happen. So yeah, you know, like you said, Chicago's number five overall DVOA defense. Yeah, I know you mentioned which individuals, part the thing that kind of crazy about carolina is they are actually number seven in uh total yards per play with their offense it's almost like it seems weird they almost are doing better without uh christian mccaffrey in there like they're uh utilizing more of their wide receivers and not relying so much on christian which is kind of scary to i was gonna say it's kind of scary to think about when they come when he does come back if they can keep that continue that that trend i guess but I was going to say, let's give a shout-out to uh, Mike Davis. He's really stepped up in that role since Christian McCaffrey's went down. He's been a do-it-all back. Honestly, there was like big praise coming in on him as far as uh, how good he was going to be in Chicago a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember, he played for the Bears. and he, I mean, he looked great. And then also another person stepping up for them is Robbie Anderson, you know. He was kind of an afterthought when he came to this team from the Jets. People kind of said that he didn't really match what Teddy Bridgewater did. But, I mean, he's eight number 18 receiver, according to PFF, this year, ahead of his counterpart, DJ Moore, who's the 41st-ranked receiver. I mean, he's really stepped up and looked great. Mike Davis is the third overall running back, according to PFF. Like, like they've really stepped up in, in the absence of Christian McCaffrey. And give all the credit to him, man. They look great. Teddy Bridgewater finally looks like a little bit more like himself. He's moving and grooving out there. He's putting it on the money, but sadly, it comes to an end this week they, when they go up against the Chicago Bears defense. Yeah, to that point about Robbie Anderson, I think a lot of it has to do, too. He actually played with Matt Rule at Temple, too. I wonder if that had uh, something to do with it all All being said. I, th- I think Matt Rule kind of told him, look, man, you're on a one-year deal for a reason. I think Robbie Anderson thinks he's a little better than what he is just because of the way that the whole free agency played out. It took him forever to sign. I don't think there was as much interest for the interest in him for the price that he was asking. I think Matt Rule probably told him, like, look, man, this is do or die. you got to come show up here, whether you're going to be with us in the long term or not. I've known you for a while. you got to show up or whatever money you think you're worth, you're not going to get. Yeah, it's not, it's not hard to think you're the best player around when you're playing with the Jets team like he was for all that time, but... Anyway, so you got you got Chicago as your lock of the week already. First yes, game off, first game on the docket. Outstanding. So next game we're going to go to Detroit off a of bye is heading to Jacksonville. Detroit is currently a three point favor on the road. Jacksonville is getting three points at home. See, Any this thoughts? Is, this is a tough one for me because the rules of betting say you don't bet against the Florida team at home, especially giving them points just because of that humidity. But you also don't bet against a team coming off a bye like Detroit. I mean, this is kind of a wash to me. I I think if I had to pick a side, I would take the Lions minus three and a half. I think what it comes down to is Stafford and that receiving core is just superior to Jacksonville. I know Minshew's been playing well, but I'm still not fully sold on him. I know you are. I'm just not. I don't know what it is. I watch him weekly, and he still just doesn't – nothing really jumps out, out of the screen at me. He's had a couple chances against a couple bad defenses to kind of come out and put like a stamp on it and show, look, I'm the guy. And he's just failed to do that. And I know this Lions defense isn't great, but neither is this Jacksonville defense. I can see this kind of being a mini shootout, like a kind of a disgusting shootout, a game where a lot of people that you really don't care about scoring. But uh, I, I see the Lions outdoing them in a the shootout. And I guess – to my point, 54 and a half over under. I was, Vegas I was just going to see that. that as a, yep. a mini shootout as well. I was just going to point that out. It's uh, As far as I can see, I think that's the highest. Well, close to the highest over under. We'll get to some more games that are pretty close to it too. Uh, man, to your point, it's just two nowhere teams going nowhere in my opinion. The fact that Detroit's off a bye. Uh, man, I've gone to the Jacksonville, Jacksonville well a couple times this year already and I mean, it's just burned me every single time, to be honest. I mean, we kind of said the same thing about Atlanta, what, a week ago? I know you took them last week and said, even though you said you went in, I said, man, I got to lay off of them. And they, yeah, you know, sadly. Yeah, yeah, that proved a fruition as far as like why you should have stayed off of them. Man, just for that reason, I'm sorry, Jacksonville. I love you, Minshew, but I can't, I can't do it again, buddy boy. You know, sh- fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice and a third time, shame on me. But 
yeah, I'm going to take Detroit with the points, man, just simply because they're off the bye. And I just think with the experience of Stafford compared to Minshew, I just think at the end of the day they're going to they're gonna come out with a win. But so really, the real honestly, question is, usually on a bye, like um, the team learns or has a time to install a game plan. Do you think Patricia finally learned that the pencil doesn't work on the laminated sheet? Or I think it's going to be a long time before he learns that, my friend. Man, He'll that's probably be, be the biggest joke in football, huh? Uh, pretty close. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of speaking of jokes, the next game is uh, the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. Atlanta is heading to Minnesota. Minnesota is at home, a minus four favor. So, Me, go on. No, go ahead. You break this down first because I have a lot to die, to dive into this like, game with. Okay, I feel like Minnesota showed us something last week. The fact that they were in in Seattle. I mean, they. You know, you can argue the play calling decision at the very end of the game as far as whether to kick the field goal or go for it for fourth down. But the fact of the matter is they were still in that game. You know, yeah, they probably should have kicked it, made it an eight point game, made Russ go down there, even though he did and make him at least get the uh, the two point conversion at the end of the game. I don't I mean, Minnesota's been in most of their games, to be honest. Um I just don't as far as Atlanta goes, I just don't see any dog in that fight. I think they are just a beaten team like they are just so over everything uh four points i just remember this time last year the very the opening game of the last season was atlanta going to minnesota and the same thing we are all riding on atlanta i'm like oh i can't believe they're getting the points and then they got blown out by minnesota different defense i understand that i uh, you know certain certain players in here and there are here are gone but man the one thing i want to add before you give your pick is dalvin cook doubtful to play in this game yeah, but I didn't think I didn't think uh, Madison looked that bad at, in, in his. No, he's definitely he's a competent backup. That's for sure. Yeah, he was bad. He was bad man when he was at Boise State. Uh, there's a reason they took him. I feel like right. I'm going with Minnesota minus four, man. I, don't, I hate to be chalky, but that's where I'm rolling with. So let me tell you, I am at a constant battle with Atlanta. I always want to tell myself they're good. Even when I saw this initially this week, I was like, man, the Falcons plus four against that terrible Vikings defense. This offense can maybe finally do something. Da, 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 da. Then I started looking at the numbers, dude, and I'm a numbers guy. You know more than anything. Like, I trust the numbers over my gut. I trust the numbers over everything. Atlanta is the 25th total team, the 25th ranked team in DVOA. Offensively, they're 27th. Defensively, 28th. This team is terrible, man. They're not good. Minnesota, the 11th best DVOA team, easily, as far as if you look at the rankings, like them being one and four, I don't think there's a single losing team top 20. With the team with a losing record in the top 20, they're number 11. They have the eighth best offense, 14th best defense. It's only a matter of time before Zimmer figures that defense out. You know, I mean, they're hurt, they're banged up. It's not easy, but that that's a defensive guru right there if there ever was one. Uh, the offense has been clicking, looking good. I'm taking the Vikings minus four, and I really like this bet. I'll probably play this this week for sure. So we're in agreement then. I we was waiting for, for sure. I thought, I thought you were going to rip me. Like, Believe me, I, I wanted to. When I first looked at this line, I loved Atlanta earlier in the week, man, and they're just bad. I can't. The numbers don't lie. They're terrible. They're not a good team at all. Yeah, unfortunately, especially with all that talent, but – We've been saying that all season long. So yeah, for sure. Next game, we have the Houston Texans going to Tennessee. Tennessee just played on uh, Tuesday night and put a put a work sesh on uh, poor poor Buffalo and uh, Josh or Josh Norman's going to get that highlight reel. Just you know, basically you know Earl Thomas two point with uh, Derrick Henry. Just I mean, I wouldn't even call that a stiff arm. He, he lightweight picked him up and slammed him on the ground. It's a good thing that he got all of his trash talking out when he was relevant for those two years because he really fell off a quick cliff quickly, man. Yeah, he's still collecting paychecks, so give him that, I guess. So uh, Tennessee is at home. They are a minus three favor. What do you think about this one, bad boy? This was so close to being my best bet of the week. I love Tennessee in this spot here. I know they just came off of a Tuesday night game, and it's kind of weird to go Tuesday to Sunday. But this is a team that's built for the grind, man. I have a feeling Derrick Henry hasn't quite gotten it going yet this year. I know he had two touchdowns on Tuesday night, but he just this offense, like as far as running the ball, just has not quite looked the same. I think, I think they're hurting with the right tackle, even to Cleveland. I think that's hurt him a lot. But – at the end of the day, I think this Houston Texans team is another bad, bad team. I don't believe in them at all. 
I think their defense is putrid. I think the Tennessee Titans beat them any way they want to, whether it's through the play action with Tannehill, whether it's running it down the gut, whether it's a little bit of both. I think they have their way with them, and I love this Tennessee minus three right here. So wait a second. This is my first episode actually recording with you. You do not like the Houston Texans? You're kidding me. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like never, I, never I feel heard like that I one say before you. I feel like I say it weekly, but, man, they're just so bad, man. They're, they're saying, not good. You're not, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, for what you said about Tennessee and Derrick Henry not get, getting, you know, completely going, I mean, they are number five in D, DVOA as far as offense. So, I mean, they're doing something right. My boy right. A.J. Brown has been killing it. I know, which I saw this the other day, and it was kind of weird. As far as, like, um, offensive efficiency running the ball, they were – I'm pretty sure they were 22nd running the ball, which is kind of crazy for a team like yeah. them who, like – Makes yeah, hay off of running the ball. As of right now, they're number 16. So it's probably 22nd before they adjusted after this yeah, last they, week. They must so, have yeah. a nice little bump up over this week. Yeah, sure. so six, but like you, I mean, even still at 16, like you're right. Like, that's yeah, because when, when you think of Tennessee, like their identity is running the ball, but really they're fifth in the league as far as DBOA is concerned, passing the ball and 16th running with a negative 10 and a half efficiency rating, which is not good at all. That means they're, they're not hitting the average mark. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. Man, we're going so chalky this week. It just, It is it, what it, it is. But, it's a but. tough week this week, man. When I look at the slate, there's nothing that really pops out. There there are some chalky picks, but it's, it's a tough week, week. A lot of close spreads this week, man. A lot of close spreads this week. Yeah, yeah I mean, even though Houston came out and you know showed, showed us something against Jacksonville last week, I mean, again, we're talking about Jacksonville as we just you know discussed earlier. I mean, man. Yeah, Tennessee is definitely a different uh, different breed than Jacksonville. I think they're going to yeah, get a, sure. a rude awakening. So another one o'clock game, my friend. Your New York Giants, the bell of the ball, best looking team in the league right now, is hosting the Washington football team. Your Giants, Big Blue, is two and a half point favors at home. So real quick, do we know is Kyle Allen going to start or is it going to be Alex Smith? You know, to be honest, I was just listening to some radio today, and it still has not been announced. I heard that Kyle Allen has been cleared to play, but Ron Rivera himself has not uh, come out and said anything. I mean, Alex Smith, even in the game when he came in, and, and again, props to him, man. Like, good for you to come back. I mean, honestly, the the fact that he stayed in there. I mean, he was sacked six times, and he kept he told Ron Rivera, like, look, if I can't stay in here. And take this beating like I never will be able to. So just please let me just keep playing. I mean, to be honest, I think he had what a total of 38 total passing yards, something crazy like that. He was like seven for 19 or something like that. But I mean, they were just getting melee all day just long. Just the by fact Aaron. that he got out there and threw a pass is oh, amazing, man. I just, I just think that yeah, that and the fact that even though he was sacked six times, he even said like, just keep me in the game. Like I need to take this. Like good for him, man. Right. But for real, for sure. So, yeah. So so. It has not been announced whether it's Kyle Allen or uh, Alex Smith. I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter at this point, I feel like. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter. I mean, I do favor Kyle Allen over Alex Smith, but either way, I'm going Washington plus the points. This Giants team is in no position to be giving up points to anybody. This this okay. Washington team, their defensive, their front seven is just going to manhandle the Giants off the line. Andrew Thomas has really been struggling at left tackle, I have a feeling Chase Young is going to have a field day with him. The Giants offense was able to look okay last week. I mean, fairly decent last week against the Cowboys, but everybody's looked okay against the Cowboys offensively. I'm taking Washington plus the points. I have no faith in this Giants team right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the battle of the undefeated or the defeated completely, I guess. I mean, somebody's got to win this game. Uh, man, to your point, like, I've I seen these lines and I said, how how are the Giants – favored in anything i mean again I, yeah, I it doesn't make sense i understand washington obviously is also winless themselves but no i lied they won against philadelphia they have a win against philly yeah yeah there, there you go i mean shoot that's more than the giants can say yeah but that all being said i mean kyle kyle allen or alex smith that defense like you mentioned washington is i just don't see a lot of points being scored in this game and i think that washington in a lower in a lower scoring game, you always want to take the points, especially when the over under is looking at what forty three right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm taking those points with Washington as well. Actually, another good game 
from our Cleveland Browns against Pittsburgh. Surprisingly, the shocking, eh, damn near one of the better games, probably top three of the week. Kind of see if yeah, they. I hit. think this is the game I'm looking most forward to this week, honestly. Yeah, I, I've never said that a Browns game about a Browns game in my life, so it's kind of weird. But uh, for me, but yes. Well, hold ahead, on, real ahead. quick. I was going to say, yeah, Cleveland is actually as of right now a three point underdog, so Cleveland is getting three points going to Pittsburgh right now. But yeah, go ahead. Before I start breaking down this game, I will let you know I will have no action on this game. I will sit back as a fan and thoroughly enjoy this. Watching Miles Garrett go back and play the Steelers for the first time since what happened last year. I know it's not the same quarterback, but it's a fun storyline. The Browns are finally good. The Steelers are undefeated but have yet to be really tested. They've had kind of a cupcake, cupcake schedule to this point. This is going to be a fun one. I don't know. Something in me tells me that the Browns are going to pull this one out. Again, I will lay no money on this game, but something tells me that the Browns are going to pull this one out. And if they do, watch out because the fan pop group chat is going to be blowing up with Kevin going nuts. And rightfully his Browns so. finally yeah. turning it around. And rightfully so, to be honest. I mean, I, I mean, what do you a, think no. happen here, happens here? Is this not one of the tougher games of the week to break oh, 100%. Well, you said you don't want to put any action on this game. Did you put any action on the Cleveland game last week when you – Played Indy, you took him against me. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, we're one and one in head to head bets. You're right. It yeah, happens. yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost Cam Newton in my first one, and you don't get a pass. Well, Anyways. I lost the game, so I guess we're even. True that. <laughs> true that. True that. Uh, personally, I agree 100. To me, I think this is a uh, a product of I don't trust Big Ben. He had, like he has not shown me anything. Uh, to your point, I mean, he's he's had decent games. I mean, Chase Claypool single-handedly won that game for him last week. Uh, and same with Cleveland. Even though they've been putting up some points, I mean, Baker's still averaging less than 200 yards passing a game. When you're putting up an average of 36 points a game and your quarterback is getting less than 200 passing, like, I don't, that's such an anomaly to me. Yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, you're right. This is super intriguing to me. I think it'll be a much more defensive battle than the 51-point over-under is uh, suggesting. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm definitely not laying any money on this one for sure. This is definitely being uh, a sit-back-and-watch-and-enjoy game. Yeah, if I, I mean, if, if I was to take a side here, I think I would take the under on that 51. That's pretty high for a division game. I mean, we've seen a lot of AFC North games where they're just gritty, grinded out, the Browns like to run the ball. The Steelers still don't have like a necessarily a like a um, identity on offense. This could, this could be a real low scoring like slobber knocker of a game, man. I agree. And I mean, obviously Pittsburgh's a top a top three defense in the league. Uh, Cleveland, surprisingly, I mean, besides Miles Garrett, like the linebacker core that everybody's kind of like poo pooing at the beginning of the year. You know, when they lost Joe Schobert to free agency, uh, they've kind of shown up a little bit. Um, you know. You could point out the Dallas game, and but at least Dallas does do that one thing right about scoring. But even last week against Indianapolis, I felt like they showed up a little bit. And, you know, whether that's a prodigy of Phillip Rivers or not, I think they've done a decent job so far this year for what everybody was expecting from them. Uh, if I'm going either way, ah, man, this is a tough one. I mean, gun to my head and – I'm taking Cleveland with the points, but just because they get the points. Uh, it's kind of how I feel as well. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would play the under over that aspect, though, for sure. So speaking of the AFC North, the next game we are to talk about would be the Baltimore Ravens. They are playing the hapless Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. They have moved up to a seven-and-a-half-point favor, so they have actually gotten the hook put on them. So people are betting on Baltimore, obviously. They opened at seven points, up to seven-and-a-half. I mean, to me personally, I haven't seen Baltimore really show me a whole lot, to be honest. I don't think that they really – they didn't show out against Washington. Yeah, they put it on Cincinnati last week in that 27-3, you know, I guess you call blowout, but, you know, I think that is more Joe Joe Burrow never seen a blitz in his life because they were just all over him with that offensive line of his. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do, but I mean, after besides that though, I mean, I just don't feel like Lamar Jackson looks nearly as good. And I don't own him in fantasy, but I gotta imagine this time last year he had probably twice as many fantasy points as he does this year. Like, it doesn't seem like he's doing as much. I mean, maybe I could be wrong. You got some, you know? What do you what do you think about that? See. 
<clears throat> to me, this is just another terrible team in the Philadelphia Eagles. I have like slowly become hesitant in laying big spreads, but I like the Ravens minus eight here. This Philly team is terrible, man. They're 29th in DVOA against the pass. That's the that's the one spot where if you can if you can stop the run and force Lamar to have to pass the ball, usually you can have success. But if you're 29th in DVOA against the pass, then what good does that do you? I think the Ravens blow these guys out in similar fashion that they did the Bengals last week. I just think though Philly of all teams, like so Pittsburgh was my lock of the week last week. Philly lightweight should have won that game. You know they had a they had a bad interception at the end of the game. If Chase Claypool doesn't look like you know Randy Moss and Jerry Rice had a kid together and just completely dominated that whole entire game, I mean honestly I don't know that Philly put up Philly put up a better fight last week than I was expecting. I don't know if they got a, another round in them to go against Baltimore. I mean that's too tough. That's two tough defenses to go back to back weeks against. To be honest, um, but if they have any fight if they have any dog in the fight, I mean. I think they can keep it in the seven and a half, to be honest, man, especially I, at home. I think the whole Philly Steelers thing that you're like mentioning goes more towards we don't know what the Steelers are. I mean, they beat the Giants 26-16. We know the Giants are a terrible team. They beat the Broncos 26-21, another close victory. We know the Broncos are a terrible team. They beat the Texans 28-21, another close game against a bad team. Then they play the Eagles 38-29. They let a terrible Eagles offense put up almost 30 points on them. That's what I'm saying. I I don't so know that why? we know a whole lot about the Steelers yet. Like I, so I don't know that we know who they are. So why aren't we higher on the Browns then for the game that we just talked about with all that being pointed out? You know what I mean? Because we live in Ohio, man. And we've seen it happen one too many times. And let that be let that be known, everybody. I mean, we've it's just seen we've seen the Steelers so beat true. up on the Browns for years. It's only human nature to have some so, biases in that in that matchup. Fun stat, shout out to my buddy Brett. He sent me a, uh, and this is tr- true stat. If Baker Mayfield can win this week, he will have more wins. Uh, excuse me, if he wins the following week when they play in Cleveland, he will have more wins in Cleveland Brown Stadium than Ben Roethlisberger. And it's the first quarterback to do that. Uh, yeah, basically, I saw the same thing. I saw the same thing. That's funny. That's insane to think about. Holy I know. Hell. Big Ben has the most wins in Cleveland Stadium. Of any well, certain he, quarterback tied with Baker Mayfield now? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I was going to say, well, when you have 26 starting quarterbacks over the last two decades, you know, you don't get a whole lot of time to do it. But So you're going with Baltimore. I'm going with Philly. I mean, let's see what else we got on the docket. Let's see if uh, this can't be our $20 bet of the week. Yeah, we'll figure something out here for sure. Definitely. We'll, yeah, we'll go sure. down this. We'll go down the rest of the slate, see where we, where we lie on sides, and then at the end we'll give – We'll give it out. Okay. Um, so this is where I'm kind of confused at. So I know that we they moved the game back for Denver and New England. Are they playing at 1 o'clock on Sunday? Or is, am I reading this wrong? Because I thought for sure they were uh, they were moved to a different day. Am I? They have to be then, right? The 1 yeah, o'clock game? I'm pretty sure they are the 1 o'clock game. Okay. So I guess I'm skipping around, but we're going to go there then too because I already brought it up. So Denver and New England are playing each other. Cam Newton, as we mentioned earlier, has been cleared to play for all intents and purposes, will be the starter. New England is a 10-point favor against the Denver Broncos and our boy Ripken. Yeah, Ripken, Ripken, Ripken. I keep saying Ripken. It's Cal Ripken that I keep thinking of. That's why. For sure, for sure. It's Bryce. Yeah, it's Bryce. I know that, but yeah, anyways. Bryce Ripken. There we go. So I sound, for me, I, I, sound, I sound like Mike when he keeps saying uh, Goodwin when it's supposed to be Godwin for the Tampa Bay Bucks. <laughs> for me, what it comes down to here is, I mean, there's not much to break down. The Patriots are going to beat these guys up. It's a matter if they if they cover this ten point spread. That's a lot for me to give up. I think I'll probably just stay away from this one. I would love the under 45. I don't see the Broncos doing anything on offense against the Patriots, dude. We just watched this Patriots team lock up the Kansas City. Chiefs who have twice the amount of weapons that the Broncos do. Not to say the Broncos don't have weapons, but when you got somebody that you can't even remember if they're Ripken or Ripping at quarterback, that says a whole lot. You know what I mean? I mean, he did look good against the Jets, but <laughs> that was. A I joke. mean, he had. I must say, he had three bad or two bad picks. He just kept slinging it around. They ultimately end up winning that game, but I mean, that comes down to playing the Jets. Uh, no. 
Did I did I misread this? Didn't Melvin Gordon get popped with a DUI too? So I don't know if he'll be playing in this game or yeah. Or, they're or, saying that uh, Philip Lindsay might start. Regard. All right, you know what? You're right. I'm taking the Patriots minus ten, dude. If, yeah. If Melvin Gordon good. doesn't play, they have no way of moving the ball against these guys. I love the under forty five. I like the Patriots minus ten. Fire up your Patriots and yeah. I was just going to say, especially we've seen what uh, New England did to the Raiders. And I feel like the Raiders have a, a much superior offense with what they have at quarterback and the fact that, you know, Cortland Sutton is going to be out. Melvin Gordon is going to be out. Jay Judy, like he's looks sweet, but he has certainly had a learning curve as far as dropping passes and uh, missing, missing routes. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I was waiting for you. Like you were like hesitating. I'm like, dude, this is an easy minus 10 all day long. Right, for sure. So the last one o'clock game, because I kind of skipped around a little bit, that's my fault. Uh, Cincinnati goes to Indianapolis. Indy is a well, they opened at a nine and a half and they're down to seven and a half. So people are taking Cincinnati, but so as of right now, Indianapolis seven and a half point favor at home versus the Bengals. Interesting so, interesting line move. What's kind of went under the radar as far as our lock of the week is the fact that um my teasers of the week are 2-0 and since I've been giving them out. And I've given out three different teams to play as a teaser, and all three have hit two weeks in a row. This is a game I love to tease. I like the Bengals outright at plus 7.5, but if I can get the Angles or the Bengals, I see them in some spots at plus 8. If you can get them at plus 8 and tease it up to plus 14, I think that's almost a virtual lock. I love the Bengals at plus 14, teased with the Bears going up to plus 7. I think that's a that's an easy easy double of your money for this week. Yeah, I mean it's hard to go against that, especially the way that DeForest Buckner has been wrecking lives on that defensive line. You know, especially since Cincinnati doesn't really have anything to stop him. You know, poor Joe Burrow's uh, on his on his way to be was it David Carr when he broke the record for sacks in one season when he played for Houston and he had like seventy six sacks in one season. Man, Joe Burrow- they ruined him. I would say Joe Burrow's on pace for that right now, sadly enough, but he seems like a trooper. But regardless, yeah, if you got te- if you can get that tease opportunity, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's funny that you brought that up because that's something I wanted to touch on, and I actually kind of forgot about it. I have it over here in my notes, and I forgot about it. The Bengals got to be careful he, with Joe Burrow, man. I say he's still, learn- he's still learning to read, folks. Like At the end of the day, they got to be careful with Joe Burrow because we've seen it in David Carr. It's It can ruin a quarterback getting hit that many times. It's only a matter of time before something goes wrong. And you would hate to see that with a guy who, honestly, if you've asked me, like with the eye test, he's looked great so far this year. He's done everything you can ask of him. He's he's not locking on one receiver. He's been spreading the ball to everybody. He's been getting everyone involved. That team offensively looks dynamic. They got to stop throwing the ball 60 times a game with him, though. You got Joe Mixon for a reason. You paid him for reasons. Turn around and give him the ball a little bit, man. Get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. You guys are going to get him killed. Yeah, you guys are exactly expecting uh, expecting to win the Super Bowl this year. You know what I mean? So, to your point, like, yeah, maybe take a little bit of heat off of him, you know? Because, I mean, he's on pace right now. He's averaging seven sacks a game. Like, that's insane. I watched him last week against Baltimore, and I'm sitting there watching him, and it seemed like every like every time I looked up at the screen, he was on his back or he was getting slammed to the ground, not getting sacked, but getting hit. Like they're going to get him hurt, man. They got to be careful with their franchise quarterback. They, they really, really need to start hand the ball off a little bit more. And I, I don't know what the hesitation there is. I trust that their judgment is better than mine, but man, they really got to be careful with Joe Burrow. I mean, is it better than your judgment? I mean, what has this franchise really done though? You know what I mean? Like Jenny right. Jillikers. For sure. Uh, Seven and a half points. Eh. I'm not going to touch this game. I just, I don't believe in, I hate to say it, I, I don't believe in Phillip Rivers anymore. He hasn't shown me anything. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Cincinnati does a backdoor cover that, and gets this at the end of it. That's what, that's what it comes down to for me. When I look at bets, like the first thing I think of is who has the better quarterback. And I don't think I'm crazy in saying that Joe Burrow is better than. It's better than Phillip Rivers right now, dude. And the fact that you're giving up eight points with the worst quarterback in a dome where no fans are going to be, like, I-, I like the Bengals plus seven and a half. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think this is more 
you know, the public perception, you know, you look at the last game they just played and they got blown up by Baltimore and you see that, you know, that that box score 27 to three. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, of course they can't score points. Of course, you know, Indy will easily be able to. Right. So, no, you guys aren't looking at the other games, you know, throughout the season. But, yeah, I would definitely take Cincy plus seven and a half. Not laying any money on it, but I definitely go that way. So four o'clock games. I would say personally, this is probably the game I'm most excited to watch. For sure. This would be the Green Bay Packers off a complete bye week against the Tampa Bay Bucks, who is off a 10-day rest week, which is intriguing that they would match these guys up like that. Like That had to be intentional. But originally it opened up at Tampa Bay as a minus three favor, and now it seems to have moved that Green Bay is now a one-point favor. So that's almost a, a four-point move right there, folks. And it's in Tampa Bay. Like I mentioned, Green Bay had a whole week off. They didn't play last week. Tampa's on 10 days rest. Tampa after last week, you know, kind of crapped the bet against Chicago, in my opinion. Uh, Tom's yelling at his offensive lineman. Aaron Rodgers sitting over there with his nice, relaxed look. Right. What do you think about this one, man? Um, when I first looked at this game, I was I was really racking my brain, like, what side do I like? Where's the edge lie? And I think I found it. I like the Buccaneers plus, plus a point and a half. That's what I have it at, at least right now. What did you say you had it at? Just uh, plus one. I like Tampa plus one, and it comes down to the defense for me, man. Tampa Bay's defense is legit. The number two defense in DVOA all year. Green Bay sitting at the 28th defense for DVOA all year. Uh, Tampa's defense is legit. Their offense is legit. They finally are healthy. They're getting Chris Godwin back this weekend. They're getting a healthy Leonard Fournette. I know he played on that Thursday night game, but he didn't touched the field not one time. He was kind of just there situationally in case they needed him. Tampa gets healthy. I don't see them losing two in a row. I think Green Bay probably gets their first L of the year. As much as I love Aaron Rodgers, I still think he probably balls out, but I think Tampa just outscores him and probably what is, I mean, if I had to guess, maybe like a 27-30 game where Tampa just edges it out. I'm, I'm going with Brady not to lose two in a row at home in Florida, in that heat, I like Tampa. Yeah, and to your point about that 30-27 to 27 game, Vegas has it as a 55-0 over-under, so it's not quite the highest game. I keep scrolling down, and I see one higher, but it's second-highest scoring game as far as Vegas's eyes goes. Ah, oh, man. I wanted to believe in, in Aaron Rodgers and pulling this one out, but we don't even know if Adams is playing for Green Bay yet. Tampa, like you mentioned, it just seemed like – they were coming off a bad, you know, four day uh, with that Thursday night or the four four, four days rest of a game. They just seem out of sorts. That game against Chicago, they had eleven penalties for over one hundred and twenty yards. You know, you're not going to win games doing that. Whether or not they button that up this week, I mean, I mean, the way Brady was yelling on the sideline, I don't see how they don't button that up this week. You yeah, know, these I, last ten days, he has harped on fundamentals. Yeah, and I mean, that's just it too. It's one thing if you know. Joe Flacco's barking at you, but you got a guy that's got six Super Bowl rings. Why did I pick out Joe Flacco? Poor guy. No offense to you, Joe. But <laughs> start getting started last week. I mean, that's probably what it was. Yeah, I, I would have to lean with Tampa with this one. I I wanted to take Green Bay. I really did. Uh you know what? Screw it. I'm going with Green Bay because you know what I didn't even think about? Uh Vita Vey on their off uh, defensive line for Tampa is out now, and he's the run stopper. I think Aaron Jones. That's what I was I yep. Going Green Bay, bud. I think sounds like it uh, sounds like this might be our uh, twenty dollars bet of the week. Yep. Man. Yeah. Screw whatever one I had before because I wasn't super believing in that one. But Lock yeah, it in. I got Tampa. You got Green Bay for twenty to break the tie. Giddy up. I like it. Yep. I didn't even think about. I forgot about Vita Bay, and I met, I had that written down in my notes. So I'm also still learning to read, folks. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Vita Bay is out, I think Aaron Jones is going to have a field day. That you just seen uh, David Montgomery last week. Started having his little way with that defensive line once he got injured. Uh, yep, that's that's our $20 bet. I'm going Green Bay, my man. I'm with it. All right, cool. Four o'clock game, the other one. Man, there's only two four o'clock games this week. I bow wow. Of course, it has no, to be. It, it is rough. Yeah, it has to be the Jets in Miami. No offense, Mike. Nothing against your Dolphins. More of a Jets play. So Miami dominating San Francisco in San Francisco is coming back home to South Beach. Riding high on Fitzmagic and company. They are a nine-point favor against the Jets. 
I mean, do we really have to discuss a whole lot about this, to be honest? I don't even know. Is it Sam Darnold? Is it Joe Flacco? Is it Doug Finch? Like, who's who's even quarterback for the Jets this week? Does it matter? I don't know who it's going to be, but I'm going to go contrarian here and take the Jets plus 10. I think this is all public perception. Let's not act like this Miami Dolphins team is really good. Here's here's what it comes down to. Uh, football outsiders have a metric called offensive efficiency ratings and they give they give all these efficiency ratings it goes play by play it takes into account like uh what the situation is down in distance all that but towards the end they have a variance rate ranking and miami ranks 15th in the league in offense right but they're 32nd in variance which means week to week you don't know what you're going to get with this team and that all what it what it comes down to is ryan Fitzmagic. one week he can look like he did last week and then this week he could come out and throw three picks. I'm going I know the Jets are a bad team and I think they're the worst team in the NFL, but I don't think Miami is all that great. I'm going with the Jets plus ten. Sorry, Mike, but I know you're riding high, bud, but ten is just a lot to lay with a bad team like the Dolphins. It's funny because we mentioned it last week in the pod. I think I said something about uh Fitzmagic is the wild card of this of this whole entire NFL. To hundred percent to that point. I mean I can't. I can't go against. I can't bet on the Jets, though. I just. I don't think be, I would put any money on either oh, side. Yeah, this is yeah, a game yeah. where there's just too much variance. I'm not laying ten with the Dolphins. So if I had to put a pick on record, I'm taking the Jets. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I'm not putting. Any, yeah, definitely not putting any money on it by any means. But I just. I'm taking Miami. I think. I, I I believe in Brian Flores. I feel like he's doing something right there, and I I think the team believes in in that what they're doing too. Uh, and the Jets are the complete opposite. I just feel like that team is just ri- – those cats are already booking their vacations for the end of the season. They're not even thinking about these next, you know, what, 10 weeks of, of football. They're they're just ready to get out, man. I just think – For sure, for sure. It's just done, so. Uh, what am I looking at now? Oh, yeah. Oh, we Sunday got, night game, man. Yep, Sunday night game. They got us so disoriented on here. That's what uh, I'm confused. All right, so we got San Francisco hosting the L.A. Rams – San Francisco, like we just mentioned, just got kind of shellacked by Miami and a little bit embarrassed. They are hosting the Rams, who have been looking semi-decent. I mean, they are, what, 4-1 and now? Uh, L.A. is a three-point favor going to San Francisco. Now, is that public perception for what happened to San Francisco last week, you think? The fact that the Rams are 4-1, and or is this legit, you think? You know what I think, man. I think the Rams I- are legit. It goes back to, you know, I love me some DVOA. And, I mean, the Rams offensively are just killing it. Number seven passing, number one rushing. Defensively, they're killing it. I'm, uh, they're number eight in DVOA total defense. This this is a good football team. They had some unfortunate circumstances last week, and I still think that follows, follows them around a little bit. I don't think people are quick to come around on the Rams. The fact that they're only three-and-a-half-point favorites to a 49ers team that we just watched get shellacked by a bad Miami Dolphins team who has looked a little bit out of sorts this year. Jimmy G looked bad last week. They're beat up everywhere. Their defensive line is not the same. They just can't get pressure. It's such a vanilla defense. They can't get any pressure. I like the Rams minus three and a half, and I really considered making this my best bet of the week as well. Interesting. I mean, let's be honest. Jimmy G obviously isn't the answer. Uh, I, we might have mentioned it before. I know you and I have talked about it. You know, Kyle Shanahan was looking to get Kirk Cousins before he signed that big contract with Minnesota. I think Jimmy G was just a second chair, like, all right, well, this is the best I get. You know, and Kevin had mentioned the podcast before that, you know, this episode, this week's episode with Kevin and Mike wouldn't be so crazy to think that Matt Ryan goes there. I just don't think that Kyle and, and Jimmy G are, are vibing right. Um Plus, the, all the amount of injuries they have. Um, but, you know, as much as you love your Rams, it, you know how much I love to hit on Jared Goff. Uh, I think it matters if Richard Sherman comes back this week. You know, it hasn't been announced yet. I just think that the wide receivers have – Cooper Cup and, and Robert Woods have been legit. I don't think they're doing nearly what they were doing the, in the previous years. I don't know if that's because Brandon Cooks isn't there taking away a little bit of heat. Man – I just want I have to, I want to go with San Francisco just because I can't stand Jared Goff. I'm sorry, bud, but I'm definitely. I think put- this is I think this might be the best. 
I think we need to switch it up and go here with the $20. No, 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 I'm not taking, I'm not giving up Aaron Rodgers to take on Jimmy G or whoever else starts on that damn, on that damn San Francisco team. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yep. Sorry, bud. But yeah, honestly, I just say it because I'm just being a smart, a smart, a smart Alec. But yeah, truthfully, the Rams probably do take them. Aaron Donald's on just a uh, a war path right now. Right now, dude, he's on pace to actually break the sack record at 22 sacks. So, what is it? Your boy Strahan has at 21 and a half all time, and he's a defensive tackle. Like it's it's crazy what that guy does on a week to week basis. He's he's just something. Some, enjoy it now, folks, because this is this is a legendary player that you probably will never see anything like this ever again. To be yeah, honest, he, he's a, he's a different animal, man. Like uh, he's probably the only defensive tackle that's worth whatever money he's getting. There's not many defensive tackles that get paid in the NFL that are actually worth what they're paid. I mean, let's be real; his not, he's worth what he's paid. And yeah, and then some. Uh, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you have the Rams on that one. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to really put up a whole big fight for San Francisco besides Jared Goff. But so now to the situation that we are at hand because of all this COVID stuff going on, we have two Monday night games. And personally, this to me, besides the Green Bay Tampa game, is probably the best game on the docket. I feel like is Kansas city is heading to Buffalo. Now, if you'll let me take, take a little bit of rain right here, my friend, I am making this my best bet of the week. I got Kansas City minus three and a half going to Buffalo as my best bet of the week. Hear me out. Kansas City looked like garbage against uh, the Chargers because they were looking ahead to Baltimore. Kansas City lost to a a Raiders team because they were looking ahead to Buffalo. Both are divisional teams that they they look bad against and slash lost to in the Chargers and Raiders. So it's not super crazy that those teams know each other. I just think that Kansas City was looking ahead to Buffalo this whole entire time. Buffalo showed us some stuff last week, too, and the lack thereof. I think they got kind of a blueprint of how you can confuse Josh Allen, make him feel a little off, uh, and just how to attack that that defense in general. I think Kansas City comes out here and just rolls them. They got embarrassed. They got kind of... Uh, I guess it's one of those things where you, you want a loss right there to kind of wake you, wake your asses up type thing. I just think that this value right here, the line value is not true to what it should be just because the Kansas City's lost. I understand that Buffalo also lost themselves, but the fact that Kansas City has also played on Sunday and Buffalo played on Tuesday, and that's still two two days difference right then and there. Kansas City is my lock of the week at three and a half, my friend. I love this pick, man. I love Kansas City at minus three and a half. They just got beat up. Their pride has hurt a little bit. I don't see them losing many games this year. Only laying three and a half against this Buffalo Bills team, who defensively is just not what they were last year. Uh, I see Kansas City going in and putting up big numbers on these guys. I like that pick a lot. Yeah, I mean Josh Allen has looked sweet, and I did text you the one the one pass he had in the end zone to uh, to TJ Yeldon on that scramble. I was like, dude, I don't care what you say. This guy's got a cannon. Like it yeah, was just he, he throws lasers, man. He, most people have a cannon. You think oh, they can throw the ball far, and I'm sure he can throw the ball a million miles. But just the way the ball comes out of his hand, it's like a it's like a lightning strike, dude. It's, he has so much velocity behind it. It's it's kind of scary. Yeah, I was thinking about a lightweight one to make Cleveland my big my big my best bet because of uh my little my little lunchtime friend at work comes in you know sees me at lunch. She's a big Cleveland fan. She's always or he's always on it or whatever. They're always on it. Um, but I, I digress. I want to go with Buffalo on this, or excuse me, Kansas City against Buffalo on this one. Uh, last game, unfortunately, I don't know, man, Arizona at Dallas, Monday night game, the original Monday night game. Obviously, the line has moved because of the news of Dak. We got Arizona minus what I, what do you got? I got minus one and a half, minus two. That's I got what I got. It's minus one and a half here. I would say it's split down the middle for, for my website. So we'll just go with one and a half. What do you uh, – man, I, I, I'll try not to be biased here, buddy boy. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you chime in on this one first. This is a tough one for me, man. <clears throat> I think Dalton comes in here and tries to play the best game of his life. He's going he's gonna to try his hardest to get a W right here because this, this game means – a lot, a lot for the Dallas Cowboys. They win here. You got Philly. You have Philly, who's playing a tough team in Baltimore. 
Washington and New York, which according to Vegas is a coin flip. If Dallas wins here, they, they go too clear of anyone in the division. They really need this. I think Andy Dalton comes in and plays his hardest. I know the Cardinals are nice on offense, so without Buda Baker, they just look terrible on defense. I think this is a game of first one to hit 35. I think I think the Dallas offense rolls. I like Dallas plus one and a half, I'm not gonna lie. With the red rifle. Arizona, I, think, I just don't I don't think they're ready to lay points, man. They're just not a team that looks ready to me to be big time favorites. And I know it's only one and a half, but they they strike me as a team that could fall flat in the biggest spots. I mean, it's really, a young squad. And th- I would say it's about Arizona, regardless of who they're playing. It's not just because of my Cowboy fandom, but really, who have they beat? Have they beaten? They beat the Jets last week. They beat San Francisco in week one, you know, and we're seeing what San Francisco looks like. I mean, other than that. Washington. They, exactly. You're like, you're making my, yeah. I just feel like Arizona. <laughs> They have, and they have two bad losses to the Lions and the Panthers. I know the Panthers are looking okay, but again, they're another team that if you're a good team, you're supposed to beat the Panthers. And the Lions at that point, too, especially yeah, at home. Sure. I mean, they lost to the Lions at home. I mean, again, to your point, I just think Dallas has to show something right here. I think that they will rally behind Dalton, and I don't think he's that bad of a quarterback. Our offensive line, the other thing I was going to say about it when we talked about it earlier, we have a terrible offensive line. We're obviously injured injury riddled and everything like that. I heard, or I was reading a stat that Andy Dalton, his last five years of starting has the quickest release time. So as far as him hiking the ball and making the decision where he's throwing the ball, he's got uh, a 2.1 as far as him having the ball in his hand and getting it out. It's the quickest in the NFL in that, in that amount of time, you know, obviously you got to have X amount of starts or whatever, but that just, I think that helps out a lot too, with our offensive line being the way that it is. Uh, I could see them just rallying, to be honest. I mean, Arizona's still going to get their points, don't get me wrong, because you and I could score on that defense of, of, of Dallas right now. I mean, we look so dismal, and dismal's being polite. Hey, shout-out to Marcus Lawrence. Thanks for uh, finally getting a sack. 450 snaps it took him to get his next sack from the last time we paid him. Thanks, bro. You're so worth that $100 million contract. Judy Jillikers. <laughs> oh, my God. It made me so mad. Anyways, I'm taking Dallas, too. Um I know everybody's going to say, oh, of course, Cowboy Jake's taking him. But, I mean, truth be told, I just think even as a gambler slash just watching football in general, you, you see these these stories where you rally behind the quarterback. And, you know, this was an unfortunate situation. I think the team bonds together in this one. I think we come out with the victory. More so, too, because I just, yeah, I don't believe in Arizona. They're just not – they beat up on the bad teams and they don't do anything against the, the mundane slash good teams, you know? So – you got any other thoughts on that one? Or are we uh, we good on no, this say, one, my friend? I say I say we uh, go ahead and go over what we got as our best bets. I took the Bears plus one, and just a quick little heads up: I did give out that if you're looking for a free uh, teaser this week, I really like the Bengals teased up to fourteen. If you can get them at eight, I can get them at eight on my site, and the Bears teased up to seven. I re- I really really like that play this week. Nice. Okay, so. My best bet, Kansas City, minus three and a half. Hey, you know what? By the way, I feel like my two teasers hit the last two weeks in a row that you mentioned. I don't remember the week before, but I'm thinking it was okay if I hit the best bet. Because usually when I do. We're just out here giving winners to everyone and anyone, man. Make sure sure you're you're tuned in. Until we're not. Those best bets. Yeah, until we're not, you know, and then we'll just. Got that right. We'll forget. We'll we'll permit that part. We're going to ride this wave while we can because, believe me, there's going to be times where we're going to tuck our tails between our legs and go home. Yeah, especially when you take Atlanta. They lose to Chicago in the last six minutes. Uh, <laughs> so I got I got Kansas City minus three and a half. I'm not going to tease that one because you're not getting any value. You're not crossing the main number of three on that one. Uh, man, teaser wise. I don't have one this one just yet. You know what? I'm going to go Tennessee plus three. And How about this? Go. How about this? Jake will think of a teaser. He'll give it to me. I'll put it out on the we'll put it out on the Twitter. You guys can get it there. Follow us at FanPovPod. FanPovPod. We'll give out Jake's teaser. We'll give out my teaser. We give out the best bets there. We upload all the episodes there, man. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Don't give away too much, Jake. We want to make sure they go and follow us on Twitter. They can find it there. Well, shucks, I just figured out what I wanted to tease, but yeah, you know what? follow us that's how that's how you're going to get that information so 
As always, guys, seriously, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Uh, like Doug mentioned, follow us on, on Twitter, uh, subscribe, uh, rate, review, all that good stuff on all your different platforms for your podcast. And uh, Doug, if you got anything else to say, man, I think we're, uh, we're good to go, right? Yeah, I think we're good, man. It's another all good right. episode. All right. Thanks a lot, you guys. We appreciate you.